Welcome to the Miss Teacher Mom podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip moms to raise their kids with eternity in mind. I hope you've been blessed by all of the episodes so far, and if you're new here, I'd really encourage you to go back to episode one so that you can hear the heart behind this podcast and catch up on some amazing encouragement and instruction that we've received so far. Today, we're talking about success. We're speaking with a dear sister in Christ. Her name is Reagan. She lives in North Carolina with her husband of 10 years and their two sweet sons. I think you'll be super encouraged by today's podcast. You may be convicted. You may be compelled to make some changes. But ultimately, I think you'll be reminded that Christ is king and the one in whom we aim to please. Reagan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for having me here. Reagan, the Lord has done such an incredible work in your heart and in your mind in regards to success, and I really think other moms would be blessed to hear your story. Is there any way you could start the episode by sharing a bit about yourself? Yeah. um, Before I go down all into how my definition of success has changed, it may be beneficial just to paint a picture of what my life looks like today. So like you said in your intro, I am married. I have two young boys. Um, They're two and four years old. So it's the busy years. I work part-time. I work two days a week from home and I spend the other three days of the work week, you know, mothering my kids at home and preparing to launch our journey into homeschool, uh, which I'm really excited about. But also in addition, I, um, I meet regularly with young women, both within and outside my church community for discipleship. And I do ministry alongside my husband. So life is definitely busy. But much of the real action behind everything that I do, it just kind of happens within the privacy of my home. And I've actually become a somewhat private person, at least for this day and age, in that I don't maintain any sort of social media account. And I I don't really have plans to ever move in that direction, which is really kind of, it's a fruit of my new Christ-given definition of success in many ways. So, So anyways, and... In college, which was like now over a decade ago, which sounds so weird. weird. (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) But I discovered that I'm actually quite good at literary exposition. And well, being a woman, I am also quite good at analyzing the feminine perspective. Mm -hmm. So I built my academic career around feminist literary studies. And I went on to get a master's degree with a focus in post-colonial and feminist literature. Um, My desire really was to stay in academia, but somehow uh, my career path got swept up into the world of tech startups until eventually I landed a role in a fairly large tech corporation. And I actually still work there today in part-time capacity. So anyways, I guess like any transformative life story, you know, it kind of just starts with just saying that there was a time in my life when I really pursued being known in the world. And Leaving a legacy in this world was really important to me. Uh, I think I felt that having an impressive career or a public platform of some sort would really lead me to fulfillment and purpose for my life. I I believed, really, that if I could leave a legacy in academia or in the workplace or maybe both, that that would give me the satisfaction I desired from this life. And so... Uh, really, in the midst of all that, I was just wrought with anxiety, just that anxiety that comes from living a life trying to please others all of the time. You know, I, I truly felt like a failure most days when my public audience wasn't at par with what I hoped and expected. 
it was just kind of a, a constant up and down. And although I grew up in church here in the South, uh, learning about God and Jesus and, you know, even experiencing God at times in my youth, it it really wasn't until I truly made Jesus the Lord over my life. And I yoked myself to him and began following his direction that my definition of what it means to be successful in this life really changed. That's kind of what began this pivot in, a, in another direction of what does it mean to live a successful life. So now much of my life happens behind closed doors <laughs> in the privacy of my home. Um, my legacy really doesn't reach too far beyond my prayer closet, <laughs> if I'm honest. And, you know, um, I do believe that God uses the public eye. I believe he calls people there, but I'm really focused on the assignments that he has in front of me now, which really began with the assignment to simply abide in him daily. And then, um, of course, you know, to serve and love my husband well, to care for my kids at home, and to be faithful in my current work, which really is just the additional mission field that God has placed in front of me at this time. So, you know, Caitlin, I just, Jesus is our ultimate model of success. Which really, if we are to model it, it means taking up our crosses and following him. It's so daunting. Uh, But this is really only possible for us through his mercy. And just looking at Jesus, it's, it's an incredible picture of success that really cuts out attempting to live a life pleasing to anyone but him, doesn't it? Um, But if anything, you know, it, it must cause us to stop and think who are we living this life for? And what does it mean to be yoked to Jesus? You know, following his lead in our current day to day, not some future day to day that we might hope he calls us to eventually, but just today, today has enough problems of its own. And, and we are called to follow him here and now. And so surrendering to this following has become really my only measure of success. It's one impossible to achieve without his help, but It's now my only one. Hmm. Reagan, thank you so much for sharing your heart. You've really given us a lot to think about, a lot of questions to ask ourselves. Who are we seeking to satisfy? Who are we seeking to glorify? Who are we seeking to impress? I think a lot of moms struggle to find value in their work inside of the home. You put it well in a previous conversation that we had when you said that a lot of work moms do is private, thankless, and even unnoticeable. Can you tell us how the Lord has encouraged you to find meaning in the work of motherhood and homemaking specifically? Oh, man. I I really think it starts with a a picture um, that reaches beyond motherhood and homemaking. You know, in the Gospels, Jesus put high priority on the things done in secret. Um, He instructs us to, like, give our gifts to the needy in private to pray to the Father in private, to fast privately. You know, he, he really de-emphasizes anything that may sidetrack us into thinking that we can earn approval that matters or gain greater value by being more public, you know, mm-hmm. um, telling us not to worry about what we will wear or eat. I mean, the things we do in private really reveal the position of our hearts towards our Father. Um, And so even though there is, of course, so much benefit to keeping a home and raising kids, I mean, there are so many benefits, really. It's work that should be treasured as a gift and a beautiful assignment for us. But there is, in general, just something incredibly life-giving about any work we do away from the public eye that honors the Father. And so even though that other side of becoming a mom, and especially just 
I mean, I'm in the toddler years with one of my children and it's just tough, you know, and some days it can feel really disheartening, but knowing that, that the Lord is watching and he is in that struggle uh, is really encouraging to me, but I have to check in with him so he can remind me where to put my focus. And, and, you know, I, I think for many women that mothering and homemaking, it has become not a private thing anymore. It's become a public affair. Like we see this mass obsession happening with making our home life and our child rearing a public display. And uh, most frequently it's, it's quite a false one at that, you know, I mean, the, the display that we see on social media, does not often reflect reality of what's behind the camera. And so you can scroll through Instagram and find mock-up examples of women who are at home but are living under the pressure of performing for an audience of hundreds of online viewership. And man, when you're going through something like the toddler years, that's just like a really heavy amount of expectation and stress perpetuating anxiety in the midst of already a hard season. And again, it's not that some women are not called to the public eye. I really think some women are, but it is also apparent that many women simply feel pressured to be there. You know, it's like that metaphor. Do you know this metaphor? Um, If a tree falls in the woods and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? I have heard that. Yeah. I I feel like women are like, if I'm doing all this hard work at home and there's no one around to see it, does it matter? (laughs) You know? And so then they wonder, am I doing enough? And then they may be tempted to like overbook their schedules or uh, build up a branding platform or mm-hmm. stop when maybe that it's not the right time. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of here to land the gavel on that one. Yes, the tree makes the sound like it does. <laughs> and maybe God is the only one who hears it. But man, like it makes that sound for his glory, does it not? You know, and, and so I, I really think when, when it's like, this is tough and it's a thankless job and this doesn't look like success that I see in the world, uh, we, we have to get quiet before the Lord and just turn our heart to the Father and let Him remind us of what He views as successful. Much of this pressure to perform, or even many of the very legitimate feelings of loneliness that we feel in motherhood or um, the fears of being unseen in very hard, very time-consuming, sometimes emotionally exhausting assignments of being mother and homemaker. Um, you know, much of this is temptation toward despair in the midst of really a great blessing. And so uh, a lot of that temptation, it comes, I, I think it comes from false beliefs about who the God is that we serve. You know, he's El Roy. He's the God who sees us. He's El Shaddai. He's God Almighty who formed us in our mother's wombs. You know, the Bible tells us he knows the number of hairs on our heads. We hear this all the time. People say this all the time, but to really think about it, I mean, it's true. Like to that mom who's like standing in her kitchen, washing dishes and her toddler screaming at her and she's just trying to get through this podcast, you know, (laughs) like it is true of that woman, you know, he's in our blessings and he's in our sufferings. And so, um, Sometimes I'm just really convicted, like how weak is our faith, you know, when we, when we forget who he is and that in those moments and we begin to worry if our life is meaningful, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot out there in the world that tries to feed those messages to us 
Um, but God is really available to autocorrect us. And he does that for me on the daily, like multiple times. I have to check in with him and just refocus. So I really do just refocus with him. The Lord has, has encouraged me in mothering and homemaking and all the private and thankless and often seemingly unimportant day-to-day duties by reminding me simply of who he is um, and that he loves me. He loves us. It's an incredible truth that never gets old. And those day-to-day duties, they, they are important to him. And, and so I think that's really what matters here. I'm so encouraged by the thoughts that you're sharing. And a book randomly came to mind. Have you heard of the book Devoted, um, Great Men and Their Godly Moms by Tim Challies? Oh, no, that's um, something I'd want to read though. Yes. He really just talks about exactly what you're saying, that our work before the Lord matters. Um, so I would love to send you a copy of that book. Awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. That's definitely going on my must read list. So can I ask a quick question off the cuff? Sure. I'm sure other listeners are surprised like me to hear that you've decided not to engage in social media, but I also know that lots of moms consider getting off social media. So I'd love it if you could take a moment to encourage moms who are considering taking the plunge and disconnecting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Caitlin, I could spend like a whole nother hour (laughs) talking about this topic, but you know, I, I can't, I would never suggest that getting off social media should be like the 11th commandment. You know, like it, it's just, I don't believe that. I, I think that the platforms can really be used for good. I think God has done a lot of great things there, but I just will say that the benefits for getting off of social media in my spiritual life, in my practical like life, my finances, um, in my mental health, in my relationships, like all the benefits have far outweighed the benefits of staying on social media. Mm. And we just are not going back. Like it has been, I feel like I'm all present when I'm with my kids. I feel like I can be all present with my husband. I've gotten to know my neighbors. You know, I think one of the things that I was really worried about before I got off social media is I thought, what if there's just one person that I could reach for Jesus. Like what if there's one person on social media that I could be a light to? And, um, but you know, when we got off, I just realized I have a neighborhood of people surrounding me. Mm. And if I was so busy looking at my phone and emotionally exhausted from like the roller coaster of emotions you go through when you're scrolling through social media, like I may have, not had the emotional energy or the attention to look at my neighbors throughout the year 2020. My husband and I were able to be present in a way that we know we would not have been had we still been on social media. So I would just say, you know, of course, like not social media can be used for good, but if you are feeling the inclination to even try life without it, I would say go for it. Like it's just, it's, it's an app you can always get back on. But like, if you commit to a period of time of just being off social, you know, refocusing on where you're at, at that day and time, what your assignment is before you that day, I just, I feel like I can guarantee it's going to be worth it. And so um, I never want to 
you know, if, if somebody has a good thing going with social media, I don't want to interfere with that, but, but there's just a lot of noise out there and there's really only one voice that matters. And so I just really recommend it, you know, a fasting of sorts from social media, if anything. I'm just so thankful for what you've shared. And I'm, I'm going to re-listen to the things that you shared, because I really think we have a lot to meditate on from the things that you've shared. And I'm, I'm so thankful. And as we close, I'd love to ask you if you have any other words of wisdom or encouragement that you'd like to share with moms who are seeking to raise their kids with eternity in mind. Yeah, man, what a great question. Um, and you know, in, uh, in many ways, I feel like I'm just getting started with my own young kids. So, um, like I would like, I would love for other people to answer this question. (laughs) I'll I'll go back and listen to all the episodes. Um, (laughs) But I do, you know, I have a few things that come to mind that I can think of. I think uh, this has just been something really encouraging that has been said to me before. And it's that God has a specific assignment for you. Um, And those assignments, they may change with the passing of certain seasons. You know, a lot of times we build up this sense of like a calling as if there's like one singular purpose for our life. But when I think of it in terms of assignments, it just helps me focus on where God has me today. And so like right now, one of your assignments may be like to be a mother of young children. And in the future, with God's grace, that assignment may change to be mother of older children, you know, and mm-hmm. or like maybe a, a listener is sensing that God is calling them into the workplace, you know, and, and that can be really difficult sometimes to, to feel that calling and know how to contextualize that in a, in a Christian home life, you know, or, or maybe feeling like God is, is calling you to lay down the workplace or a hobby or a ministry and focus more at home. You know, I, I don't know. There just isn't a way to say one thing for all, you know, mm-hmm. we're all snowflakes. We're all so different and God has specific assignments for us, but I know he wants to speak to us each individually and directly about the direction and assignments he has for us. So kind of uh, advice, the first piece of advice that I would say is just get before him and be quiet, you know, not don't necessarily get before him with endless petitions that never leave room for him to speak. Um, we, we live in a day and an age where we're like so uncomfortable with being quiet for an extended period of time. But sometimes that's what it takes to let God confirm affirm and encourage us in that quiet place, you know, he'll affirm his presence and he will guide us in the directions and in the um, assignments that he has um, for us day to day. So, you know, for me right now, God has me working part-time in corporate America and preparing to homeschool my kids, but my position really should be, let your will be my will, Lord. And that should be enough in this season or the next, you know, it, it could change. And so Also, uh, I I do have two kind of practical ones that came to mind. I mean, they're not revolutionary or anything, but I I think that they're just really good reminders that have also been said to me and that I've experienced. You know, truly, I I think the two best things you can do for your kids is to cultivate an intimate, intentional daily relationship with the Lord and to love your husband well, if Mm -hmm. you are blessed to to have one, you know, um, to love your husband with compassion and a humble heart to display that before your kids. I just really think that's really important. And then also another one that I just kind of thought of right before we hopped on actually, but I I jotted down a note because 
I think it's really important, but it, it's to build a multi-generational community around yourself, if at all possible. I, I'm just saying this from experience. What I've experienced the past year uh, has been really, I, I just really benefited from having many different women of different ages and different perspectives in my circle, you know, women who love the Lord and who have just lived a bit more life than me. We need women speaking into our lives who have the perspective that gray hair brings. Mm. And we need women a few steps ahead of us who are bringing up teenagers. But we need women who are, are just now um, exiting, you know, the, the having babies and children's stage and are starting to raise adults. On the flip side, we also need women who are themselves exiting childhood and are just discovering what it means to be an adult. Uh, I'm really lucky to have this. And in my small group at church, it's very generationally diverse. And it's been so life-giving and it's been a source of wisdom for me in raising my kids. So also, I just, I make it a point to make myself and my home uh, as chaotic as it may be sometimes uh, available to a girl or two who are navigating college or early married life. You know, women need to see this life lived for Jesus in a private home modeled in a way that is intentional, very imperfect, (laughs) Um, and hospitable so that when they arrive in this season of life, they do not incorrectly assume that they have to have it all put together in a Pinterest perfect frame in order for it to mean something. You know, if all the younger women um, who are in your network are seeing of you is what you post on Instagram, and if all, all of that looks perfect, you know, then there's not really that much for them to learn about from my perspective. You know, I just, I, I really feel like bringing them into our homes is an important part of, of really raising up the next generation of mothers. So yeah, so love God, love your husband, be available, willing to learn from and, and open to women in many stages of life. Regan, I'm listening to what you're saying and amening everything you're sharing. I really hope moms will take your wisdom to heart and do something about what you've shared. (laughs) Most of it was just given to me. So I'm happy to repeat um, just what other really loving women have shared with me, you know? Yeah. Regan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin, for having me. I hope that this episode was a blessing to you. Did you know that I've written a few children's books about how awesome it is to be homeschooled? You can check those out at MissTeacherMom.com. And be sure to join us next week for the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.